0: It up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1128.
1: I focus on being tenacious, feisty, and I never lose my
0: vision. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Muffy Bennett. Hey, Muffy, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Hi, man. Buckled up, holding on, and ready for you to hit the gas, Mark. <laughs> all right. Thanks for letting me drive a little bit here. Muffy Bennett is the CEO at Bennett Automotive Specialist and the Director of New Business Development at Ritchie Brothers Auction Company in Phoenix, Arizona. Her addiction for all things wheeled began as a child. After a successful 17-year career as a paralegal, she became operations director for ASAA Auction Company. She then opened a collector car dealership, and in 2013, she was asked to set up a retail dealership division for the famous Barrett-Jackson Auction, known as Barrett-Jackson Collection, offering a full service, center, detailing, insurance, sales, and much, much more. Muffy and her husband, Gary, who's going to be a guest on tomorrow's show, were then recruited to spearhead Ritchie Brothers Auction Company's entry into the collector car niche. She retains her collector car dealership and specializes in brokering to elite and celebrity clientele. When she's not chasing cars, Muffy enjoys riding motorcycles with her husband, target shooting, being a professional ringman for the charity auctions, and judging for the annual International Auctioneers Championship. You are one busy lady. So, Muffy, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Take a brief moment, if you would, and share a little bit more about your career and a very obvious passion for automobiles.
1: Well, Mark, I have been absolutely blessed in the collector car arena. I've always been addicted to pretty much anything with wheels. I worked in legal for the longest of times. I had about a 17-year stint doing business and entertainment law and real estate law and also did a bit of probate and estate planning. I really wanted out of it badly. So, I, i Planned accordingly and uh, managed to make it out. I, I worked part time at uh, Barrett Jackson Auction Company in various roles to try and, and outbuild my resume in order to, to depart the legal realm. It's been a, a really fun ride. I've, I've, I've actually set a world record for the highest hammer price on a particular car going wow. across the auction block. Yep, it was a '57 F Code Skyliner that went for three hundred thousand dollars plus fees, oh. three hundred thirty thousand. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah, and and I've pretty much worked really, really hard to get to where I'm at and realized that I can't do it alone and that someone else is watching over me and that I'm nothing without my uh, associates and and fellow car enthusiasts. Um, They've helped me get to where I'm at today.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Surrounding ourselves with the great people that we do is what really helps us get places. And when I reached out to your husband, Gary, who's so well-known for all of his time in the car world, uh, to have you on the show. He said, well, before you have me, you've got to have my wife, Muffy, because she is quite the car lady. And I'm so happy to have you here. And it's fun to have a husband and wife back in here, book to book, uh, book end to bookend, I should say, uh, since he'll be on the show tomorrow. But as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah. So, Muffy, I know you love to drive, so take the wheel.
1: I, I do love the drive, Mark. I think as far as inspiration is concerned, I, I draw it from goals. I set my goals. And the first step towards achieving one is to decide that I'm not going to stay where I'm at. And while I'm en route, I, I remember that it's not always about what I achieve, but about all the obstacles that I've overcome to get to where I'm at. I focus on being tenacious, feisty, and I never lose my vision. So that's pretty much what I live by, essentially. And I take each day, one and each of its own every day is a gift. And that's pretty much the way that I roll.
0: Absolutely. I'll let our listeners know when Buffy first called in, we were saying our hellos and she shared a great quote about uh, waking up on the other side of the grass and being grateful for it. And uh, it warmed my heart. It was something my father always used to say. And it is about being grateful and uh, and really realizing every day is a gift and and taking a hold of it and making it the best that it can possibly be. And I know from, People, I talk to you because we're recording this show after I just returned from car week. People talk about you with uh, a great respect and great honor in the car world. So uh you've done a wonderful job with uh, enjoying and grasping on every day. Let's go back in time here and talk about a story that instigated your personal passion for cars. I heard a little story that you even matched your prom dress to the car you drove to the prom. That's pretty cool. But tell us a pivotal story about that moment in your life when you knew that you were a car gal.
1: You know, it, it's kind of interesting. It's it's not necessarily a pivotal moment per se, but more of accumulation. When I was um in the backseat of my mom's car, her Chevy Nova <laughs> being driven to school one now, morning, I, I asked her if she'd take me to the Kowiski dealership to look at the motorcycles. <laughs> oh <laughs> obviously, wow. Obviously the Kawasaki dealership, but I was
0: enthralled with how
1: good. Kowiski, I was. love
0: that. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to go. What motorcycle brand is that? Why do I not know that brand?
1: I had just learned how to read, and I couldn't pronounce worth a darn. So <laughs> that that was the first moment I think I realized that that I, I just love things with wheels. And then as a child growing up, you know, I lusted after getting my driver's license, and I remember taking my driver's test, and I got two wrong, and I was crushed that I got two wrong. And uh, <laughs> as far as the driving test was concerned, I I uh, remember the the instructor. Putting his hand over the rear view mirror and asking me what color the car behind me was. My first wise guy remark was, Why do I care what's behind me? And secondly, <laughs> if it matters, it's a red Continental convertible, <laughs> 70s. Oh, wow.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: So in high school, I, I found it interesting that I could tell most makes and models by the uh, arrangement of their headlights and taillights in the dark. I think it, it finally hit when I was in high school because I would love to go out with my friends and, and visit dealerships and check out the new models as far as the cars were concerned. And, and believe me, I didn't grow up with with anything fun. You know, I grew up in the '80s and the horsepower race had, was gone. It started kicking back up in the '90s, but I was Tough still decade. completely yeah <laughs> I was still completely enthralled with just the way that they looked. So it wasn't again, it wasn't necessarily one event, but more of a, a huge cum- accumulation of, of events. And and my mom still doesn't know where I came from. She she doesn't have any passion for cars. My father has, has a bit of passion. He gets it. He understands how the depth and breadth of, of the way that I'm wired when it comes to these things. I've got six motorcycles in our dining room, for example. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah,
0: I'm a little I'm in your little dining room. Out. Now, now listeners going to go, why in the dining room? Is it so you can enjoy them while you're eating?
1: No, it's because I care about my husband and as a result, I'm not going to cook for him because he'll leave me. <laughs> like, I had to make use of the room somehow.
0: Oh, there you go. It's a second a second garage. That's pretty clever. Oh my gosh. I'll have to see if I could get permission to do that in my house. My wife would probably roll her eyes a little bit, but she she likes my passion for cars. She knows she can always find me in the garage, so that keeps it safe. Well, let's take a look at some of the many roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or a big failure you faced. You've done so many great things and you've you've you keep reinventing yourself and pivoting if you will within the industry and within your passion for cars. No doubt though, you've met up with a few challenges, maybe even a big failure. So share one of those, but more importantly, what did it teach you so that you can move forward in a positive direction?
1: Well, growing up as a child, we didn't have a whole lot, which is fine. I grew up a happy child. I had a lot of fun. We, you know, go out and play outside like typical kids do back in the day. I think when I, I left my ex-husband and ended up living in my car for a brief stint was pretty much the starting point of of crawling out. I had decided when I was a youngster that I wasn't going to remain where I was at, and I didn't care what it took. I was going to get to a better place in life so that I didn't have to struggle like like my mom did on occasion. And that being said, I remember I remember laying in my car, and I was actually sleeping in the parking garage. Where I worked. I worked at a law firm back in the day and I decided, you know, this can't continue, but I'm going to have to ask for some help. Nobody knew that I was living in my car in the parking garage. I had with my dog, no less. <laughs> with so, a dog. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah we, I, I left my ex-husband in the middle of the night. Uh, and I won't bore you with the details, but, and I didn't have a very nice car per se to live in. So <laughs> I decided that was going to be the first change in order to crawl out of that bad place I was in. I, I asked for some help for some friends and some friends also var- volunteered to help me. So they got me a deposit so I could go and get an apartment. And uh, yeah. the first thing I did, Mark, was I went out and I bought a brand new triple black Roush Mustang convertible and a motorcycle. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I didn't have a lick of furniture to sit on. I didn't have a television to watch. I didn't have any dishes or plates. I, well, I had some paper plates and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah. that was it. That's pretty much the largest life challenge I'd faced. It was a moment in which I decided that I, I'm not going back here either. I've, I've officially hit bottom. I'm done. I'm, I'm climbing out. And that's, that's pretty yeah. much how I am.
0: Wow. You know, thanks for sharing a really, really personal and very challenging moment in your life. Wow. And kudos to you for realizing, okay, there's only up from here and that's where I'm going and I'm making that decision. Interesting choice of first spends, but as a car person, I get it. (laughs) Absolutely, 100%. But, uh, you know, I I think it's a great inspiration for people that find themselves at that point. And I've had many guests who have. They've been down to the last few dollars. They're living on the street. It's incredible what people have shared with me. But I, I think the takeaway here is making that decision and the very important decision of asking for help. So many people are embarrassed. They won't ask for help. And they just keep falling and falling. And many times in life, we need help. Is that the biggest takeaway for you from that experience, is the importance of asking our friends or others for help? It
1: was, because I'm not of the type to ask anyone for anything,
0: ever. Yeah, yeah. I I
1: refused to ask for help. I was too independent. And finally, when someone pulled me aside and said, hey, there's something going on. What's going on? (laughs) Right. Right. Right, yeah, right. That, is, that, is, that is a pivotal point in someone's life. When you can break down and actually say, you know, I can't do this alone anymore and, and mm-hmm. ask someone, yeah. then you're right.
0: Well, it's a valuable lesson, and I hope uh, listeners out there that might find themselves in a difficult situation, even if it's not as dire as the one you're in, any situation, ask for help. Because you know what? Especially in the car industry, one of the things I've learned is people are very very willing to help. This is a great group of people and again as I mentioned just coming back from Car Week, Pebble Beach, Concord, the Concorso Italiano, the Quail, Laguna Seca Storics, all the great things, Carmel Classic, Carmel Concord. I've learned that is there's so many people out there that are willing to help. You just have to ask and they will help you and they'll be happy to do it too. It makes them feel good. So again, thanks for taking us there. Let's Shift gears here though let 's go to the other end of the spectrum i 'm kind of thinking you've had a bunch of aha moments because you've done a lot of really cool things and as I mentioned, pivot so take us through one of those aha moments when the lights came on and kind of illuminated a new path for you
1: well, Mark, I had a business partner, uh, his name is Wayne out of canada wayne is is a bigger car guy than I could ever hope to be. He and I decided to to do a couple of deals together, and he found a uh, a 1932 mm-hmm. Ford Roadster Boydster II, And It was one of only a handful of steel-bodied Boydsters that were built, and mm-hmm. it was um, it was done by designed by Chip Foose when he was underneath um, Boyd's tenure. Built by Bobby Holloway, uh, interior by Paul Atkins. It was a phenomenal car, and we went out and put a deal together. And he asked me if I wanted to be a partner in it, and I said that'd be great. So we we bought this car with the intent of of remarketing it and selling it at auction. And this was my first big, big deal because I had not played in six-figure cars before. We bought it for a fraction of a price, and it rolled across the auction block, and it, too, sold for $300,000. I made a little bit of pocket money, and that yeah. was the moment which I decided I was completely, totally hooked, that <laughs> that I wanted my name stuck to beautiful cars, cars that you yeah. can feel confident about putting your kid in and driving across the state, and not worrying about something horrible happening, you know. Um, so everything mm-hmm. that I've I've sold going forward has been quality because of yeah. that very reason. So that was that was my aha moment that that I decided this is this is it for me. You know, not only am I addicted to the auction world, but I'm addicted to doing this. The adrenaline that it causes, whether or not I right. I made money or I lost money, I I cared, but I didn't care because it was just i 'm such an adrenaline junkie in that regard, so I think that was the moment <laughs> at the end of the auction block when i 'm crying my eyes out because i 'm so happy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i 'm also <laughs> sad because and this is unusual. this is before I split it apart from business, you know emotion versus business i I was crying because I loved that car, it was a piece of rolling art, it was absolutely stunning, and I had bonded with it i it had needed some touch up paint on the undercarriage I spent you know, like a day and a half, cleaning the undercarriage, polishing the undercarriage, touching up the undercarriage with, with touch-up paint. So it would be back to its original show quality, because it was an amber winner. And uh, it also was a great eight-placer. That was the very moment that I decided I, I was just stick a fork in me. I'm done. <laughs> this, is my, this is my path.
0: <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special car. I want you to go further back in time here. Could be a motorcycle, too, because I know you love two-wheel bikes. But is there a car that really stands out that was the first one that you went, man, I've finally done it? And maybe share a special memory you have about that vehicle.
1: Oh, there have been so many, not to brag. Um, Well, that's why the key here is the word first. Yeah, yeah. My my first special car uh, would have to be a 1957 Ford Thunderbird convertible that I bought off of Mm -hmm. eBay, of all things. It was driver quality. It was nothing fancy, but it's what I could afford at the time. And because I, I just have this thing for the square birds, the 58s, nines, and, and 60s, uh, it was the next best thing because I couldn't afford one of those at the time. So I got this 57 Thunderbird and I was sure to go and pick up my relatives and take them all for drives and, <laughs> Cruise up and down the <laughs> boulevard. It was just mm-hmm. the largest of times for me, and that was the time in which I decided, you know what, I'm not struggling anymore. This is this is what it's about. I'm I'm done. You know, it, it's this is this, it's about fun.
0: <laughs> Beautiful. So, what color was that T bird?
1: Red, with red and red. white interior. Yes, of uh-huh. course. And it had classic. It had a uh, yeah, and it had a, a knee knocker air conditioner. Thank God, but it didn't really <laughs> do much <laughs> for the Arizona heat. Yeah. Here.
0: Yeah, you guys do live in the desert. Well, how about seller's remorse? Now, this is a much tougher question because I know you've been around a lot of cars you've had that you let go. But is there one in particular? And I want to remove the money factor here because that kind of clouds a lot of things. The emotional factor of the car you let go that you wish you could have kept in your garage. A
1: 1958 Ford
0: Thunderbird convertible. Oh, another T-Bird. I see a train yeah. here.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, there is a trend. There is a trend, and it was because I went to prom in one, the '58s, eights, nines, and '60s. Nobody's really passionate. Nobody's really passionate about these particular cars for some reason. A lot of people during that era, I think, were upset because they turned the two-door sports car into a four-door, poor handling vehicle. And I, I bought this '58 Thunderbird out of California uh, with one of my business partners, and we sold it to another gentleman. Funny enough, in California, and I wrote him a note. I want to say about six months afterward, saying, "Hey, do you ever want to sell that back? I I I I sold it for money. I said I, I'd really like to buy that back. So I bought the car and and had so much fun with it. And I'm kicking myself now because it's now in Australia. I'm sure the gentleman's enjoying it, having a wonderful time, taking his grandkids around for you know ice cream, like he said he would. But I really wish I had that car back because it was just it was. The epitome of me. It was just, it was cool.
0: Well, let's talk about current projects and what has you really excited and fired up right now. I know one of the things you're involved in is Richie Brothers Auction Company. Maybe you could share a little bit about that company for those folks that don't know a lot about it. Uh, What's got you excited right now in the auction business and in your life?
1: Oh, my goodness, Mark. There's so much to talk about in this realm, but I'll keep it brief. I am thrilled that I was asked to come on board with Ritchie Brothers to spearhead their collector car auction division. Now, for those of you who aren't aware, Ritchie Brothers is a large, uh, actually, it's the largest auction company in the world. They specialize in heavy equipment and they're publicly traded. And they have decided to get into the collector car auction world uh, to diversify their portfolio and give their buyers and sellers another avenue. Because they realize that there's an awful lot of crossover when it comes to heavy equipment and car lovers, believe it or not. Right now, we're we're working on uh, building out a small auction company that we, we purchased with a company out of the Midwest. It's called Lake Auction Company. And Lake mm-hmm. was a small family-owned company, which we, we purchased and are working on integration right now with the parent company, Ritchie Brothers. And I can't tell you how excited I am about the possibilities and then the, the reach that Ritchie Brothers has with their database, they, they, they're, glo- they're a global company. They're absolutely huge. And I work with some wow. of the most amazing people in the industry, in the auction industry. And I'm just thrilled to be a part of it. And I can't wait to turn this thing into something giant once we get done with the integration portion. Uh, so yeah. that's, that's currently what we're working on. I do still have my small collector car dealership in North Scottsdale, but it's not really open to the public. Um, I've, I've kind of, shifted to just car storage now. So that's, that's kind of on the back burner, but, but so I can focus on the Ritchie Brothers um, acquisition, right. but uh, I, you know, the sky's the limit. I mean, the industry I've noticed is dying for another option, if you will. Um, there's, there's auction companies out there for collector cars and they're reputable, but they're, they're looking for something a little different. And I think that we have the opportunity to give that to them.
0: Nice. Nice. Where can people go to learn more about Ritchie Brothers auction company?
1: Well. As far as Richie Brothers is concerned, if you're looking for Lake Auction Company, you go to www.lakecar.net for Lake. And as far as Richie Brothers Auction Company is concerned, their main webpage is rbauction.com. And from there, uh, you can direct yourself throughout the uh, miscellaneous locations throughout the globe and learn more about them that way.
0: Nice. Well, it'd be great when this big merger happens. And yeah, Ritchie Brothers involved in the collector car industry. Yeah, they are a behemoth in the auction world, uh, global world, as a matter of fact. So I think it's fantastic, and uh, certainly they picked the right person to come on board. And I know your husband Gary's working with you in that respect as well. Is he involved?
1: Yes, Gary has joined me in this Ritchie Brothers uh, endeavor, and he's the general manager for new business sectors, of specifically collector cars. Uh, as you may or may not be aware, he used to be the vice president of Barrett Jackson Auction Company overseeing the consignment department. He also oversaw the bidder department and uh, guest services and insurance divisions. So he's he's been entrenched in it for, for years, uh, just with Barrett alone. And uh, I'm thrilled to have him alongside me as we build this out.
0: How exciting. Yeah. And of course, everybody knows about Gary Bender from his years at Jackson, And of course, tomorrow he's going to be on the show. We're going to learn a lot more about his history and his future and everything. But wanted to make sure we mentioned uh, today that you two guys are, have the very great fortune of being married and of working together and building out this new division at Ritchie Brothers. So proud and happy for you guys. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Muffy. If you were manifested into a vehicle, what would you be and why?
1: <laughs> Mark, I would be a Lamborghini. With stock Chevy brakes. Oh,
0: oh, okay. Now, this is an interesting one. First time I've heard that. I have heard some people talk about the combination of cars, but Lamborghini with stock Chevy brakes. Do explain a little more.
1: (laughs) It's just the way that I am. I move at Mach 5. If my Mm -hmm. employees don't see me moving fast, then they know I've either had less than two hours of sleep that night prior or uh, I'm sick. (laughs) It's kind of a reference to not only the way that I am but the way that my brain functions. Seriously, I, I move at Mach 5 both literally and <laughs> mentally. And and I can't normally stop. It takes a lot of self-discipline for me to stop a thought and and circle back to w- what my original thought was because I'll start <laughs> going down a rabbit hole and I won't stop. Yeah. So that's kind of why I compare myself to a a Lamborghini with with stock Chevy brakes <laughs> cuz like There you stop. go.
0: I think that's pretty funny, but uh, knowing how I know you, now that we've had a, a great joy of talking together, yeah, you are one a lady who's uh, firing on all twelve cylinders at all times. So <laughs> fantastic! Well, Muffy, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's cars. Yeah, sponsors. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right. 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage. It's where your dream garage comes true. Okay, Muffy, we are back and we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received?
1: Always maintain your vehicle.
0: <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. I, you know it's simple, but you know, so many people do not do it. And especially with newer cars these days, they send it. They they tend to just keep running and running and running. So uh, really important. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years?
1: Oh my gosh, Mark! I think the most uh, important one would be uh, determination, drive. Really, that's pretty much gotten to me. Got me where I'm at today. As a result,
0: yeah, tenacity, persistence, the keys to a great entrepreneur. Now, how about a resource? There are awesome resources available to us enthusiasts these days is there one in particular you'd like to share?
1: Oh my goodness. Well, if I were to narrow it down, I would tell your listeners to look at the resource CPI Black Book when it comes to valuing Mm. their vehicles. One of the things that I've struggled all these years with is evaluating people's asking prices when I'm going to purchase a vehicle that I'm going to remarket Mm -hmm. and sell. You know, if they're not willing to take the risk, I will pay them what they want, as long as it is within reason and, and market value. It's, disappointing mark to see that people think that just because one crossed the auction block at XYZ auction that the one in their garage is worth the same amount and it's not it's a different environment so the cpi blackbook is a is a great valuation tool as is the haggerty valuation tool it really helps them uh, as a listener uh, if they're scouting collector cars or want to know the value of whatever it is they own it'll give them a good insight into it that's more realistic than say some of the auction sites might be or uh, asking prices on, on various collector car website listing um, web pages and whatnot. So that, that's my two cents. I think that's, that's a really good resource for me. It really, does, it really has helped me as far as valuations are concerned.
0: And there's a lot of great people that are licensed valuators that can come and look at your vehicle and give you a true, true value because there's so many different variables in there. But that's an important part of it as well. But those two sources are fantastic. Now, if I could wave my magic wand and arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that individual be?
1: I never had the opportunity to get to know Boyd Coddington all that well. My husband, Gary, mm. knew him quite well. I found the guy fascinating. His insight into the hot rod hobby uh, was fascinating. I'd, I'd really like to have gotten gotten to know him better and picked his brain about the future of hot rodding. It was because of him that I managed to be so successful on that 32 Roadster that I sold several years ago. Oh, so I think it would okay. be Boyd. Yeah. I think he's a good dude. Yeah.
0: yeah I wish I uh, could have had him on the show before we lost him. I did have his son Boyd Cottington Jr. on the show a while back. So listeners can go back and enjoy that talk. And he does share a lot about his father. Now, how about a book? Is there a book you might share with Cars yeah listeners that you've really enjoyed?
1: Yeah. Uh, the Art of Racing in the Rain. By um, <laughs> Yes. Garth Stein. Stein. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Am I the only person that said that or no?
0: <laughs> I tell you, uh, you know, I have my listeners, regular listeners know this. Uh, that is the most recommended book here on Carja yeah, by far. And I met Garth about a year and a half ago at a car event. He lives in Seattle, just north of where I live here in Gig Harbor. And uh, everybody loves it. And they're making a movie right now. Have you heard about that?
1: I have not. But boy, let me tell you, I can't wait to see if that's the case.
0: Yes. Yeah. And the audiobook is really, really good too. It's uh, the voice they use there is fantastic. So, I know a lot of people are looking forward to that film when it comes out. But uh, great book indeed. And uh, I don't—I defy anybody who loves dogs to get through that book without a tear in their eye. It's—it's <laughs> it's impossible. Yeah. Uh, fantastic book. Yeah. Well, I'll remind our listeners again. You can find all these great resources Muffy has shared with us on her show notes page on the Car yeah website. Just type Muffy. She's the only Muffy who's been on the show. She'll be easy to find. Or Muffy Bennett, B-E-N-N-E-T-T, into the search bar. And her page will pop right up with cool, quick links to all these great resources. All right, we're up to the checker flag here, Muffy. And this last question can be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet today. But there's a couple rules to this game. It's the only car you can have. You have to drive it. No garage queens. And you can't auction it off or sell it to buy back all your toys. That little trick is off the table. But money's no object. I've got the big bidder card and the big golfer's checks, the one they give away to the winners with lots of zeros on the end. So don't worry about the cost. What can I buy you today?
1: Mark, you can buy me an H1 Humvee. The old school ones like the military drives, except what? modernized. Yes. I, I actually own one right now. It is my dream car. I love this truck. Wow. Her name is Her name is Bertha, and she's an O two 2 <laughs> H1 wagon. And it's the second one that I've owned. I used to be a part of the Hummer Club uh, years ago, and it's the second one that I've owned. Uh, I don't off-road it much because it's so difficult to get parts for it, so I don't want to beat it up a whole lot. But every Christmas, yeah. we put Christmas lights on a roof rack, a wreath on the front of her, and uh, and we just we drive around town to look at Christmas lights. It, it's 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 neat. And I love to go over stuff, really, truth be told. So that that is, that is the one car you can buy me, Mark. I love that thing.
0: <laughs> wow. Well, with all uh, kindness, you are a cheap date, my dear, uh, <laughs> compared, compared to what other people have asked for on this show. Uh, that's pretty funny. But, you know, knowing you and as I've gotten to know you here a lot better. During our talk, I, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, you're just someone that plows through and gets things done. And definitely the Humvee is one of those vehicles. So, uh, and I'm just thrilled that you have your dream car because so few of us do. And that, that makes things so much more special for you. Well, Mafia, you have taken me on an awesome ride today. What fun this has been! I've really enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with the Carsia yeah audience. Could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off over the sand dunes there in the Arizona desert in that H1 Humvee?
1: Mark, if I could give your listeners one little tidbit of parting advice, it's to keep in mind that you're only defeated if you give up. And even then, beautiful things come
0: from failure. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're going to fail, or if you're going to fall, fall forward because you're a little bit ahead when you get back up again. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and follow along with you?
1: Uh, well, they can visit me on my personal web page, which contains my contact information. That webpage is my, my name, www.muffybennett.com. Alternatively, I'm also on LinkedIn and Instagram. I've got a Facebook page. Uh, but yeah, I'm just, just Google me. I'll
0: turn up somehow. There you somewhere. go. Yes, she will. And listeners, again, you'll find links to everything she has shared on her Cars yeah show notes page. And don't miss tomorrow's show on Cars yeah when I talk to Muffy's husband, Gary Bennett and learn about the other side of the Bennett car fanatic household that you live in, all with the motorcycles in the dining room, which just, just still got me laughing. Mavi, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your experiences with my listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road.
1: Thank you, Mark. It's been an honor and a pleasure.
0: Pleasure's all mine. You take care of your cars...